Gaysa Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and this is the best bits for the workday jive of the week of October 26. We spoke to diva, icon, and legend Lorica Rauch about her musical career and her upcoming collector's item box CD set. Get a peek behind the scenes by following at Gaysa Radio on Instagram. Okay, so ready where you are, family. Of course, I'm Rian, and you are listening to the Workday Jive. Now, if you are listening from abroad and uh, you heard that song, it's called Kinner's Fun Event. And uh, I've got diva, superstar, icon, musical goddess <laughs> in my eyes, Lorica Rauch, live in studio with me. And uh, that is the song that started, I think, it all. I mean, I know that's the first time I heard Lorica, and um, I went Gaga, and uh, I'm not giving giving our age away now, am I? But um, I think it's 40 years down the line. Yep. I'm still Gaga. <laughs> and um, but is it really? Were you there at the beginning? Where did you? Did I, you, you know uh, what? The first time you, I listened, you were about five years old. I, I was guess, about six. Oh, yeah. It was with Phoenix and Key yeah. when that came out. That's right. When he yeah. was still doing the songs, and Yana was sort of miming to that's what correct. he was singing. Oh, yeah. And that's where I heard it the first time, oh, yeah. and that's where I fell in love with you. Oh, and it's forty years later. Yeah. I'm still in love with you, <laughs> and I've got you here this morning, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Great. Welcome, Verica. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for taking the time to come out. Thank you so much. I think in here you're one of our favorite musical stars oh, in the whole radio yeah. station. Yeah, thank you very much. So I'm quickly just going to do some world weather and then we're going to be with Lorica because I've got a thousand and one questions I want to ask you this morning. So looking at Berlin, they are partly cloudy and nine degrees. London, cloudy and 12 degrees. Los Angeles, cloudy and 19 degrees. Moscow, cloudy and five degrees this morning. New York, clear skies, nine degrees. Say so you'll... That wasn't me going to the toilet. So you're partly sunny to see now. So you're clear skies and 17 degrees. And lastly, Sydney, part, well, cloudy and 18 degrees for you guys there. So uh, coming up, I've got another Lorica song lined up. One of my favorite English songs that you did. And we are going to talk about a little bit about, about the background of this just now. And it's called 1963. So uh, I'm going to play that for you. And, of course, once again, Lorica in studio with us this morning. And um, shall I go so far to say if people have questions, they can WhatsApp either on plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one. That's plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one. Or um, if you're one of those people who have my personal number and you're not comfortable with the studio phone, WhatsApp me on my line as well. Gay Sir Radio, we are family. I'm Rion, and uh, this is the Workday Jive. The Workday Jive, weekdays between 9 and 12 noon on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Gay Sir Radio, where you are family. <laughs> I'm Rion, and with me in studio, diva extraordinary Lorica Rauch. Lorica, welcome once Thank again. Thank you so much, Rion. I hope I don't have too many slip-ups today. You know what? <laughs> don't worry, we all have I've already had one, actually. <laughs> we all have those moments. So I think, you know, I want to kick off because there's very exciting news. You are working on a box set, a yes. collector's, collector's box set. Collector's item box set, yeah, it's just a thousand copies. And I, I was going to release it for Christmas, but I but I decided to um, to repackage it and I'm still working on it. So 
I'm actually releasing releasing it. Excuse me, in March next year. But what it consists of is a is a fifteen fifteen album box set. And it's what what is actually wonderful news for me is that Ian Foss, who is the most wonderful engineer, has remastered the early albums. So oh, wow. it was such an incredible experience to sit in the studio with him, and he worked from the quarter inch tapes, and they were still very well preserved. Now we're talking. 35, 40 years hence for Stanje. And so, and he was working on, for instance, the Stilgut and Manikis Ru album. He would play this to me and it would be completely different from what we are, what we've come to know as the Stilgut and Manikis Ru album. And I said to him, but this is how I heard it in the studio when we recorded it. And so what you realize is the technology, the early technology has only now caught up with with what we had when we you know when we finished an analog recording we couldn't actually represent that properly on on digital because it was still such early days <laughs> you were saying that you know it spans over 40 years and i said to you earlier and we had this discussion before how you know you've been a core fiber for me growing up in my life i heard you the first time with phoenix and key and i fell in love with lorica and i said last night you know the strangest thing is and the tables are a bit reversed in my life now. Whenever I used to hear you on the radio, I used to go, go, my Larika songs on the radio. And I used to run and I used to turn up the radio. And uh, yeah, I'm sitting now and I'm playing you on the radio and I've got you here. So it's just such a it's surreal like, kind of turn of events that in, happen. In a way, it's, it's like the wheat picks. I don't know if it still looks like that on a wheat picks box, but when I was a kid, a woman held a wheat pix box, and inside the wheat pix box, there was a woman holding a wheat pix box. box. <laughs> it's a little it's bit like that. <laughs> so, on this new album, it's going to be called, or oh, this box set, it's going to be called Ginstelinge. No, it's no, going to be genuine. called, um, uh, uh, what is it? 40 years, but it's got, got another name. Let me just see. It's got Lorica Rach Alles tot now. Alles tot now. That's everything to know. Well, I would I would say more or less. It's not possible. It's only fifteen albums, but the it's fourteen repres you know real ones, and then the fifteenth one is a compilation where I put my favorite leftover songs that didn't you know didn't make it the grade as an album in the box set. So I would I would call it Alice Dutno. That's what I would like to be remembered for. Another may I talk about that? Yes. Another nice thing is that um I own my whole catalogue. I've bought it back in, in the early days. Kusi van Nikark of Selectnesik those days was kind enough to sell my catalogue to me. So uh, it's a very rare thing actually for a, an artist South African or anybody to own their full catalog, and it's it was really incredibly special what he what he gave me by by allowing me to buy it back, and so I owned um yes the deer bar and that was my country album, and it was sort of I a purple cover I think no it was a sort of a yellowish, yellowish cover with me and a guitar, but yeah are you thinking of the other purple cover yeah, it was this one. That one. Oh, good. So, and what what was on that was Yaisa Dirbar and a song called Druum and lovely, lovely songs written by Cupido. And Cupido was working with Cora Marie at That's the time. Right. And so, um, Cory Myberg, Cora Marie's husband, who has passed on already, uh, suggested that I do a country album and that I try and stretch out my, my fan base a little bit. So, I made this country album and then it did incredibly well. But then I moved on to Braille and a lot of other type of things, and I felt it wasn't quite falling, you know, in into the groove that I was trying to sort of project for the years to come. 
and now I have the maturity and and it's it's for me want can you know it's for me to decide whether I was going to be re- releasing this album and I'm now releasing that album in the box set as well <laughs> talking about albums most of your albums either achieved gold or double platinum status I wouldn't go as far as that I'm not really in that league but a lot of them yeah. a lot of them yeah. how do you feel about that it's just um it's a it's a show of a show of support from the people who buy it that's that's how i see it i don't really know how else i must feel about it real because i must i must really tell you i think you know that's one of the things why i think you are one of my special stars in my life is because you are so humble <laughs> you're one of the most humblest people that i will know and i said to you at the beginning of this interview and it would never ever leave my mind the previous time we were sitting here chatting when you were here and I said to you, I'm nervous. And you looked at me and you said to me, so am I. And I was like, okay, cool. If she's nervous, I can be nervous. And, and that's just you. But I today mean, we just walked in and said, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to take a short break with Lorica with Kentucky Avenue. And uh, that's on. And then I'm going to come back. Because as I said, I've got a thousand and one questions for you this morning. You are listening to the Workday Jive. I am Rian, and in studio live with me, Lorica Rao herself. If you have any complaints or suggestions, then you can email us studio at gaysradio.coza. Okay, so Radio where you are family, Lorica Rao there with Kentucky Blues. Of course, I'm our Kentucky Blues. Kentucky now see, Avenue. I also make slip-ups, <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> Avenue. Of course, I'm Rian hanging out with you here on the Workday Jive. It's all Lorica's fault. <laughs> and uh, I've got Diva and Icon Lorica Rauch with me in studio. But Lorica, one thing that I sort of was thinking about yesterday, and I didn't ask you this the previous time. You went and you studied drama. How did it happen Become going from drama to singing? Hmm. Well, I, as as a child, I used to. That was what my life consisted of: is performance and studying the piano and studying uh, a song or a, or something for an Eisteddfod. In the Cape, you've got two Eisteddfods. You've got a, an English Eisteddfod and an Afrikaans Eisteddfod. So it it was a massive amount of work, and I was always involved in music. And from a very early age, I sang in Omanis Eisekinner Sankram, which meant that I was singing in a choir. We used to sing at not at funerals, but we sang at weddings and in churches. And we had two rehearsals a week. Uh, I was a busy, busy child, and I was very involved with music. You are so busy, busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so the drama actually came because I I saw a man and a woman. I look at me and I can't pronounce Trantignan, the French, French guy. I saw that movie and I came home and I was in standard nine which is grade 11 and I came home and I said to my mother I don't want to study drama I have to study drama I wanted to be Anukami and that is how I turned out um, studying drama <laughs> and how shortly after kind of finishing your drama did this thing no, start? it was a long time was it a long uh, yeah, time I, I was um, I said finished drama in about 73 74 and my my ship came in in Oh, I suppose it's not so long, but it came in 78, 79. And that was, and I was going to go here, at that time you were waitressing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, tell me how Kenneth Funny Blint and Phoenix and Key came about. Yeah. Because Phoenix and Key had Don and Yas, if I remember right. That's I correct. The old, the old guy, yeah, yeah. Donnie's father. That's right. And also Marius Weyers. And of course, Yana Sulia. Um, she was so beautiful in it. And um, Yana and I were friends at the time. And Yana... 
knew my singing because I was always asked, I was, ek was maar stilkind gewees, and so I was always asked to take my guitar wherever I went because I had very little to say. You would, you know, you would not believe that, you know, listening to me now. But anyway, um, and so um, I would take this guitar with me and I would sing folk music, you know. I would f- sing folk songs and I had the ability to to play three or four chords on the guitar. And that is what I basically started my career with. But I'm in good company because I read I read that Ed Sheeran also started his career on four four chords on the guitar. So And look where you are now. <laughs> <laughs> but look where Ed is. <laughs> then your song just Kinnis van Ivan took off. And it became the number one song on I think it was Springbok Radio and mm. Radio Five for numerous weeks. And it was almost unknown at that point for Afrikaans music to yeah, do that. That's right, not at all. What was your reaction? You must realize, I don't think I was ever blasé. I, I must tell you, I, I don't hope that I was ever blasé, but I didn't realize what it meant. Um, I thought this is how it happens. I didn't realize that starting your career on a hit is how you do it. And even to this day, it is that. Because give me any any singer, you must be able to identify a hit with any singer's name or face or whatever. Otherwise, they they work, work, work until they find a hit. That you need to have a hit, and on the basis of that hit, you you build your career. I didn't realize the 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 omfang, you know, the meaning of it. But it was amazing. Once I started looking back, I I was so grateful. Then after that, you got involved in Jacques Brel's work. And I have to give you this compliment. I think you're one of the very few people who can actually do Brel. Thank you very much. But I had an incredible tutor. I was working with Toby Kuschlik, and she was extraordinary. And it was an, uh, the concert was called Encore Brel at the Chelsea Theatre? Yeah, Encore Brel and the Best of Brel. We did two shows. Yeah, two. Uh, tell me about how did you get involved in that? Because well, there's a story the there. Was, yeah, there's a lovely story to it. I... I was introduced to Braille's music when I was very young. Um, my parents were often um, hosts to overseas people when they came to South Africa. And so this lady, uh, no, it was actually Allah Briyao. He was a, f- a Frenchman who came to stay with us for a few days so they could be in South African people's homes and be introduced to the country. It was very many years ago. And he brought with, uh, with him a gift and that was a, a vinyl of Jacques Brel. It was the first time, it was before television and that type of thing. So it was the first time I'd ever heard of Brel. That was the first time. And then later on, <clears throat> my parents took me to a, a Jacques Brel is Alive and Well and Living in Paris show at the Seapoint Hotel. And that evening I walked back and, I, I, and there was absolutely nothing that, that, that represented anything like that in my life that I could think that I could ever be part of a show like that. But I remember thinking, wow, you know, that made such an impression on me. And then life took its turns and it went on and uh, it was still, I was still in school. And then I landed in Gauteng, which is Destaise Transvaal. And, um, uh, Kinders van Event became a hit. And then Toby Kuschlik, who was the, who was the the what is near editor and the regisseur, the director of of the of the Seapoint show, the Jacques Brel is alive and well show. Toby Kuschlik heard about me. She she heard about this Buddha Macy who had this hit called Kinders van Event, and she wanted to um, be introduced to me. And so she saw me also at a function where I sang with Donald Swan at the and the Soweto Teachers Choir at the Market Theatre. 
long before the Braille shows. And the next thing is I got this phone call from her assistant that I must come and see her in connection with the show. But I didn't really know what it was about. When I arrived there, I realized this was about Braille. And then, of course, I already had some knowledge of his music. And this was also still before before television. And she she had this wonderful drawing room. And she used to wear these fantastic silk, silk <coughs> kaftans and these incredible knuckle dusters, these wooden, big, big wooden rings. rings on her fingers and long nails. And she was so elegant and wonderful. And she she took me into her drawing room and she sort of flayed herself over the chaise long and I had to sit in the windowsill and the windowsill was a very wide one. And she had, I had the light from behind so I knew it was effective. And she she looked at me and we started talking. And I think we spoke for about an hour and a half. And then at the end of that I said, would you like me to sing for you now? And she said, no, I know what I want to know. And that was my audition. And then I started with the Braille shows. And from Braille, they, it went into cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> and your first cabaret, I think, the first Afrikaans <laughs> cabaret was made from Messi Hussein. Yeah. And uh, it said that it was a civilized protest to the government of the day. Um, did you know that at the time? It was, um, Henny Okamp actually coined the, the, the phrase, Biscafter protest. <coughs> In, um, and so, yeah, it was civilized protest and I knew it at the time, yeah. It was, it was a, a very small way of trying to, to make a statement, yeah. I think before we take a musical break, one last question about the whole kind of, because you know, we all went through a, a very rebellious and a, I think it was a, a period of angst that we went through that. Uh, are there any other of your songs that sent anti-apartheid messages that you did? Well, on the first album, quite a few. Yeah, it was, um, you know, in those the first days, well, the first three albums, the first days, you would often, if you get to the SABC, you would get your vinyl and you will get the titles on the vinyl, and if you look at it, there will be a void written next to certain titles. You know, so there was there were songs that were that were censored, yeah, that were not played. So we're going to listen to Hard Gates. I think it's one of those songs that just makes such a statement. And it was written by your husband, mm, by Christopher Tor. And I want to talk about that a bit later as well. Coming up, so stay streaming. I am Rion. You are listening to the Workday Jive, Rian Gaze Radio, and I am have. I am having a fabulous morning with uh, Lorica Rauch here in studio. This is the Workday Jive. Brought to you by Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Lorica Rauch there with Hot Gates. And of course, I'm Rian and you. I have Lorica in studio with me this morning. Lorica Hotgates, tell me about the album and the song. Because uh, Christopher Tor, who writes for you. Um, yeah. and, and who you are married to, yeah, I'm married wrote to, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a bit of background. Well, Chris is just sort of quite an exceptional human being. I'm, I mean, he is my husband, but I have to say that, that he just has a incredible ability to, to, to be succinct and to use one word to express about four different meanings. And so he's a, he's an incredible craftsman also when it comes to writing his songs as he does his, research and he sort of applies the seat of his pants to the seat of his chair as I always say until until it is so refined and so beautiful and so elegant and Hotgates is a you know it's an elegant song mm. I think and um, it was basically he wanted to write a song where he didn't I don't want to speak for him but he didn't want to use sentences he wanted to use words that that um, evoke evoke sentences and 
that's basically what the the thinking was behind the song. Now, now, do you ever have insight in his uh, creativeness? Not not in the not at, at the time when he writes. He he's very caged about that, cagey about that, and he will be. He writes his songs on a keyboard and sits with a with with earphones on his head. So I don't hear what he's doing, and and he works until it's finished, and then he'll play it to me. So there's lots of firsts that happened in your life as well. I think you were the first Afrikaans CD that came out. First it's actually, that, that, that must be corrected. It's actually the first Afrikaans female CD. Female CD yeah, yeah, that yeah. came out with Steve Krita and Marie Kizaru. That's correct, yeah. And then from there, I mean, it's just been awards, awards, awards. And I had a look at your list of awards yesterday. And the most recent ones is the Guma Award with uh, Loki Rothman. Mm-hmm. For the ringtone of the year yeah, with yeah. Blowbastrant, I think it was. No, yeah, it was no? for for a remake of of Blow. Of Blow, that's, that's the right. one. And then there is a Bok Radio Award yeah, that happened. That was last year. Also last year, and uh, that was a lifetime achievement. That's the lifetime achievement award. Now, we spoke about this in the last show as well. Your Gallo Award that you got, <laughs> and you won a Sari as well. If you look at all these, which ones do you think is the most special to you? Or, or are they all special? They are all extremely special. Um, but at, at the time, I think um, I was ill in bed. And Yanni Datue and I did a show called Van Berlijn tot Babsfontein, which was sort of compiled by Stefan Bauer, who has left these climbs already. But um, it was a wonderful show. It was also sort of a... Uh, a benchmark landmark show it was at the club 58 in Hillbrow and it was it was it had a wonderful run um and we sang Stefan translated some of the dutch songs of Herman uh, van Veen and so on and it 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 was just powerful and lovely and uh, it was also the first time that i was uh, that an afrikaans show was was uh, nominated for um I think best musical or something. And I was in bed. I couldn't attend the ceremony and I didn't really think that, that we would win or that I would win. And I remember sitting up upright in bed and the, the doorbell ringing and Stefan and Rue had been there for the, for the celebrate, well, for the ceremony, for the ceremony. And, and he just arrived with this enormous, <laughs> very big block of granite with a glass rooster on it. Um, which was the Gallo Award, <laughs> and that was so. In a way, I think that that award is, is that was quite special for me. I didn't expect it at all, and it was wonderful. I must say that whole story is very special to me, and I just want to recap on that. The last time you were sitting here, and I don't know who was the most shocked, you or me, when you said it. You said it was a cock on the granite. It was a glass cock on the granite. And I don't know who, for a second or two, gasped more for air there, you or me. But I but, did um, quip. I quipped. I said at last this interview is a bit more gay-friendly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you, and you corrected me and said, no, Lorik, it's a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> now, Several documentaries have been made of you and your work. Tell me a little bit more about. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know the the most recent documentary was 1994, which is not so recent, but that was um, at the time of the Hot Cats album oh, release, I think. Um, and they they were, um, you know, I don't really know what to to say about them. There were talking heads in them, and and then there were some videos made. Um, Bless his heart and bless his memory, Llewellyn Roderick, who was my my nephew, 
um, made that documentary and he actually made two beautiful videos as part of the documentary. It was the Hot Gates video and it was the um, Flying Dutchman video. Yeah, uh, he was special. Now, should you Google yourself, if you type in Lorica Rauch on Google, how many results do you think you would get? I have no idea. I've I never even you. tried. Can you tell me? 98,100. <laughs> but how many of those are legitimate or lit, as you should I'll say? go through the list, and I can give you an update. But there's 98,100. <laughs> but does my website come on first? Yes, that's oh, the that's first thing. That's the first thing. Not. That's right at the top. <laughs> now, to me, that says Icon Diva. The other thing that says Icon Diva is that if you have drag artists <laughs> who start performing as you That's and you saw that clip earlier yes. how do you feel about that i just think it's absolutely wonderful it's really special for me and i'd love to attend one of those shows in pretoria at least i think we'll have to disguise you though <laughs> yeah i there. mustn't look like Lorica. <laughs> no 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 otherwise i'll suck it on to the stage as a drag artist i could actually drag my yeah no, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I think sort of coming to where I'm going with this is stuff I'd like to know is um, you've got two children. Yeah. Yes. And you recently became a grandmother. Yes. Yes. My sweetie. How does it feel being a granny? It's just very a, a potent emotion and um, your heart expands. You think your heart cannot take anymore, but your heart actually expands and it stays like that. Yeah. Life changing. Very life changing. I think lastly, talking about your kids, how did your fame affect your kids growing up? How did you kind of keep them out of the limelight? Uh, keeping them out of the limelight wasn't difficult because I, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that wasn't difficult, I think. I, I kept them out of the limelight too because I felt that they should establish themselves as, as artists or people. Um, and they mustn't just be there because of me or Chris because, I mean, we were both quite prominent at a stage but um they 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 are the most extraordinary beautiful wonderful children very talented both of them are they artists as well Musical nina artists. is an artist and simon is a is a photographer so oh, yes, wow. yeah, they're both artists but um yeah i know they they are just exceptional and one just thanks the lord that they that they that they were not too 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 hurt in the process now we know that uh, Box City is coming out and uh, any tours for the future that's going to happen. Yeah, well, next year is actually, you would have heard about Nathaniel's initiative with Matthijs Maria um, of Optuch, uh, And the idea is to reach relatively small venues, bigger ones too. Like, I mean, I can't wait to perform in the Etienne Rousseau and the, and the, the that's Etienne Rousseau is Sasselberg, I think. Um, then there's also or the other way around, then there's also one in Valcom, They the two theatres that look a lot alike. I haven't performed in those theatres for years, and they are beautiful, 450-seaters, beautiful rake, and lovely pianos and, and uh, equipment and so on. But but the initiative basically is to put to put the performers back on the road so that they can reach the people. And I'm part of that next year. I'm going to do quite a number of performances. Yeah, for that. Any new material and CDs on its way? I'm going to take a bit of a break. I don't think I've got enough ideas at the moment. I I think I'm a little bit spent. So as soon as I've got ideas again, I'll think of that. Yeah, I definitely want to do one more CD at least. Yeah. So we're going to take another musical break, and uh, this is one of my favourites. It's a song called "And So It Goes." 
Oh. Hello, Rika, and uh, then we'll be right back. Gaysa Radio, we you are family. I'm Rian, and uh, we are chatting to Larika Rauch live in studio this morning. Stay streaming. Hi, this is Christina Engeler, wishing Gaysa Radio a very happy birthday. My wish for the LGBTQ community is to have peace and freedom. Gaysa Radio, we you are family. Gaysa Radio, we you are family. Larika Rauch there with And So It Goes. Um, yeah, the tracks just get better and better. <laughs> and you're one of those few people who can actually sing Afrikaans and English, and you cater for both those audiences, which yeah. is brilliant. I'm glad. I, 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 always, I always try to do one or two English songs on an album now. Now, you've had many local and international appearances, and you've worked with a list of talented performers. Who was the most memorable for you to work you with? You can't ask me that, Rihanna. How totally okay. awful is that? Just yeah. that is one that you thought was okay, like easier to work with. Or, or, <laughs> they're or, all, but, well, they're all lovely. I mean, it's you. You can't you can't talk about your colleagues. Number one, uh, but uh, you know, I've I've had a team of people who have stuck by me for at least the other uh, last twenty years. Uh, that was Peter Jan Kapp, who's been doing my lighting. But Peter Jan is, is of course, PJ or Kapi. He's very well known in the in the, in the industry and very respected. He's uh, he does very big jobs, and then he's prepared to do my very, very small jobs, and he does it so beautifully. The the nuances that he brings into into a show with his lighting and how he feels the... I had a singing teacher who told me that your show is as good as your links, how he feels the urkhanger yeah. from the one song to the other. That is so potent. And then Fricky Krier um, has been my my sound guy for more than 20 years. And so gentle and so good and so wonderful. And then, of course, I've also worked with Clinton Waring, um, my pianist, for, for as long as that. Um, but Clinton has a very, very important day job. So he's not always available. So I also work with other accompanists. And in the last two years, um, I started working with Loki Rothman, when uh, when we did the song Blow Together, Loki arranged, rearranged the song. It's doing extremely well still as 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 a ringtone. Uh, we won the Guma a year and a half ago, but it's still doing very, very well. And I'm very grateful for that. But Loki and I have been doing shows together for the last two years. So it's also been extremely um, inspiring for me because he's a guitarist, of course, not a pianist. So I, I had to, in a big way, adapt, you know, with my ears. How, how do I pitch to a guitar if I'm used to pitching to a percussive instrument? So it was a learning process for us. But w- w- where we are now is such a comfortable and lovely creative space, and it's lovely to work with him as well. So lastly, if people want CDs, go to your website. Yeah, they can lots lots of C, okay CDs. You know the CD market is completely flat, right. so CDs are not so available. MP3 anymore. album type things. Yeah, yeah, on on iTunes and Apple Music, I'm available with all my albums. Yeah. And these links on your website, larikaraf.com. Yeah. com. Yeah, yeah Yeah, it's quite was, a comprehensive website. I was yeah. talking to you there yesterday, I <laughs> and it's looking fabulous. So if you want any of those, larikaraf.com. Come, Larika, thank you so much for spending your Is morning. Is it already out? It's already an oh, hour. Can goodness. you believe that? Can you believe it? So thank I'm you. going to invite you back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With a new yeah. album in March. Yeah, that's yes. lovely. Yeah, with a box set. Yeah. With a box that's set. So thank you so much, Larika. We are going to continue after the news with some economic indicators. Top music wrap-up happening actually today. It didn't happen yesterday as I thought. 
and uh, some LGBTQ plus history facts. So you are listening to Gaysa Radio, where you are family. And just a reminder that we are Africa's biggest, best and only LGBTQ plus radio station. So uh, stay streaming. And of course, you can go to our website for more information as well. Tom Budge told us about his book and uh, the pitfalls of being an author. This is the Workday Drive, and with me, uh, Tom Budge, um, hypnotherapist, author. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, n- nowadays we call ourselves slashers, uh, and the term slasher comes from the fact that it's author slash hypnotherapist. Nothing slash. to do with like a horror movie. <laughs> <or anything. laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's good. To, it's good to diversify, as I say. Okay, I, th- I think firstly, tell me a little bit about your hypnotherapy. How did that come about? I mean, that's a bit of a different occupation. Yeah, it is a little bit. And I get that kind of question very often because I come from an IT background. So uh, uh, 30 years in, in IT and people say, how the hell did you go from IT into this wacky stuff called hypnosis? And to me, it's very much the same. You know, it's uh, here's the mind. Mind is probably the best computer that we know. And this computer doesn't always function properly. And so... Uh, just as you would have to do uh, in, a, in a computer, in an IT sense, one needs to debug the computer. And hypnotherapy is just one of those fantastic tools to be able to go and debug the computer and um, help people to get out of the problems that there are and to get this mind to work more, more functionally. I, I, hypnotherapy and what we see happening on stage with people, what's the difference? None. Absolutely the same. Uh, we use exactly the same technique. So hypnotherapy uses what we call the trance state. Now, a person's mind can get into the trance state very easily. Rhythmic dancing, like trance parties and things. Uh, Drugs will put you into a trance state. Um, Just daydreaming puts you into a trance state. But uh, hypnotherapy is a mechanism, it's a technique to induce that trance state at will. Um, And whether you induce that trance state for theatrical purposes as on the stage or whether you do it for clinical purposes in order to help a person um, to overcome some problem or to, to get better at life, uh, the technique is the same. The outcome is different. What benefits would hypnotherapy have for me? Huge. Um, most of, most of the, the way we are driven is not consciously. We're never consciously driven. We're always subconsciously driven. So I was telling a little story uh, earlier on during the day about an experiment that takes place uh, where they have little fish tropical fish in a fish tank Um, but this fish tank they put a glass divider in the fish tank and they leave that glass divider in the fish tank say for a year and these little fish go around and they get used to the space they're in and then they just take the glass divider out and most of those fish will always just stay in that one half of the tank they never ever venture into the other half of the tank Um, some brave ones might and They've, they've tried that with other insects too. They take little fruit flies, put them in a jar, uh, keep the, the lid on for a couple of days, then take the lid off, and you'll find that the fruit flies just stay in the jar. So what does that really tell us about? We become conditioned, and that conditioning happens at a very subconscious level. Uh, and most of the time, we're not aware of that conditioning. We, we see the outcome of how life is driven, but we don't know how it occurs. Uh, and if you get into a hypnotic state very often we can go and regress back to cause. We can find what those causes are and what that subconscious thinking is. And then that's about the reprogramming to turn it around, to make life better. Yeah. 
Then there's the book that yes. wrote, and uh, there's copies of the book out here today. Tell me about the book. How did the writing come about? This this was uh, this is really it's an autobiographical book because while I've seen maybe five or ten thousand people in my life uh, over the last twenty years doing the hypnotherapy, uh, I can't tell someone else's story. I can only tell my own story. But there's a lot of wisdom out there that one gets as a therapist, and how do you bring that wisdom out into the world? And so I decided that uh, what I would do is I would use my story and put that out uh, as the platform for uh, some of these, um, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a wellness tool, really, to help other people along the way. And then when I sent it to the editor, I had somewhere in that story just mentioned something about what happened to me when I was 19 years old. And um, I, I've never told this part of the story to, to many people. It seemed to me to be uh, a part of history that I'd sort of almost forgotten about. And uh, it works out like, and when, the, when the, the, um, the editor looked at the book, he said, no, this is germane to the story. You need to put it in. And it became the, the first chapter of the book. And there's, I think, something like 142 pages just devoted to that that first chapter. And when I was 19 years old, well, when I was born, I was born into the Jehovah's Witness faith. And the Jehovah's Witness faith is one of those, what I call administrative religions. I think you get heartfelt religions and you get administrative religions. And an administrative religion is those that have uh, an array of tick boxes. And if you do that and you do this and you do all the stuff, then you can stay. Uh, if you don't, if you fail in any way, then cheers, you're out of here. Uh, and uh, being gay was really a big challenge. And so for most of my life, I, 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 left, I led this really double life. Nobody knew I was gay. I did. My subterranean, my underground friends knew that I was gay. Uh, but nobody, nobody in my sort of daily circle knew at all. And I was this blue-eyed boy, literally this blue-eyed boy, that was just like wonderful and sweet. And then uh, when I was 19 years old, I was supposed to go for military service. And I didn't. That was part of what was expected of me. And, of course, what happened then in the old apartheid times is um, we got uh, sent to, to court-martial and I was uh, then uh, sent to detention barracks where I spent two years, two years in um, solitary confinement, basically, uh, 62 days in dark cells. Those were quite interesting because they, they, I had no time or light reference at all. It was those 62 days, within the first three days, the days just disappear. The whole concept of time disappears. And so um, that taught me a lot. And then I thought, this is a book that needs to be written, and maybe this, maybe the story needs to go in it. And so the, my philosophy in life, and this is something that my dad said to me, but he said it in just one word. My dad would always just, he was very pragmatic, and somewhere along, if things kind of got the better of him, he just stuck his hand up and he said, whatever, you know. And whatever kind of morphed into my favorite saying of it is what it is. I can't do anything about what life throws at me. I, it's how I interact with that, how I find grace in that, how, how I accept that and move through it. And the book is really a, a, a story about finding acceptance through that state of grace. Where is the book available? It's available on uh, Amazon. So if you just um, go to, to Amazon or Kindle, then um, you'll find, if you just uh, Google, it is what it is, Thomas Budge, you'll find it there. Otherwise, it has its own private website. Um, it's www.ii, it is, w, what, ii, it is, dot co, dot za, double i, w, double i. Any more books coming for the future? Yeah, I think the next book's title is 
it is what it isn't because I think we think that this life is real um, and the real life is uh, that that is in the brain and how the brain works and um, the, the life is just a set of vibrations through our, through our uh, five senses and that's not really real. The real life is what happens inside the brain and so I think that's where we're going to go next. And of course if people want to hear more of you they can still listen to you on Sundays on Gay Radio. Yes they can and all of those uh, all of those podcasts on the soul searching podcasts are now on a new website where all the, the text is there so you can read the text of those podcasts as well as listening to the podcast and there's some good book recommendations there too and that website is soulsearching.life life. Yeah. Great. Tom, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll be looking forward to that other book. Gay Say Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and that was author Tom Budge talking to us about making a living from writing. Singer and motivational speaker Nia Nell spoke to us about her books, her motivational speaking, her trip to Russia, and a very rare concert that happened in Centurion recently. Gay Say Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and I am talking to singer, author, motivational speaker, and so much more, Nia Nell. Nia Nell, welcome back. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much, Rianne. So I think my, my, my most pressing question I have, there's a new album. Well, actually, this album has been um, released last year. Um, it's called My Beautiful Escape, but I am still touring it and still doing shows. I didn't do a lot of shows this year. In fact, I haven't done a show um, at all in South Africa this year. So I have decided just to do a little show for this album because I've only done one show when I launched it last year. So this is going to be the second show for it. And it was your first album in two years that you did? Yes, I I always take about two years just to focus on the songs, writing all the songs because I'm a composer. And uh, so I always give myself about two years before I uh, release another album. Okay, so tell me a bit more about the album. What's it about? <laughs> um, you know, I think in life we we all find these ways how we escape and want to get rid of, um, you know, not being present in the reality. And um, for me, uh, that has been a, a big part of, of a long part of my life, just kind of escaping. And so I called the album My Beautiful Escape. And it is songs that kind of did help me escape reality. But I've realized that the best thing is to be present, is to be in the moment, you know. Um, and so making this moment your your ultimate beautiful moment. Um, I've written songs and put songs on this album that is very, very personal um, about love and love loss. It's about just finding yourself in your own worth just focusing on on becoming the best being that you can possibly be and just loving and accepting yourself just the way you are. What makes it different from your previous albums? I think um, previously I was very um, focused on what it is that people want and sort of a little bit pleasing people, you know, give them what I think they want. And this album was me giving to myself being my authentic, true self and just focusing on what really makes my heart sing. So for any fans out there listening to us right now and they're kind of thinking, oh, we didn't know there's a new Nia Now album, what can they expect? 
So um, on the 26th of October, I'm going to be doing uh, this performance at the Centurion Theatre, which I'm very excited about. I'm actually going to sing some new songs that's not even on this album. So, And I'm also going to include some incredible uh, channeling of sounds. So you will be um, transformed and completely healed by the sounds of music. Um, come to my show and I'm going to do some sounds that will actually give you guidance, um, open up for you your intuition, make you feel connected to all that is so that you can access that magnificence that's within yourself. I will be channeling some sounds, doing a little bit of um, meditation. Also, um, you know, some of your old favorite songs again, like Rubendit Moon, Love Skip, like I said, some brand new songs. But this, this, this time I'm going to really show people near now. I'm going to bring forward a, a part and a side of me that I have not really showed a lot of people. It's a very intimate concept. Um, and so if you really want to get to know me a little bit better, I think uh, you're going to enjoy this one. Okay, and this is at the, on the 26th of October, and it's in Centurion. And if people want tickets, how do they go about it? So it's at the Centurion Theatre. It's a lovely little theatre, and they've just uh, revamped it and, and, and made it very beautiful. And people can go to www.tixa. It's T-I-X-S-A dot C-O dot Z-A. Tixa dot C-O dot Z-A. And is there a limited amount of people that it can take? Oh, yes, it's a very small little venue, um, about 220 people, so it's very important that you book now. Okay, and you mentioned you're going to be channeling sounds, and we've spoken about this before, but I just want you to mention that for me again, because I think that's one of the things that makes you, you unique. So, um, you know, I'm clear audience, and so what that means is, is that I have the ability to hear sounds that's not audible for, for other people. Um, when I do healing sessions and when I listen, I, I hear so much more than what the average ear can hear. And so in a performance like this, I will listen to the sounds that I hear in the room and I will assist people with the vibrations and the frequencies that each and everyone in the room needs to just open up their hearts um, and give them clarity in their life. Uh, I think one of the most important things in life is, is that we feel and that we feel good and that we feel joy because the more joy we can feel in this moment because this moment creates the next moment and the next moment. So if you can um, um, access that joy that is within you already, you create the next moment and the next moment which is full of joy. I'm going to assist people on that evening to access that magnificent feeling of joy within themselves any tours after this concert currently in russia so um i'm actually doing this show just just after i'm returning from russia <laughs> and then um i've got a couple of courses that i'm going to give and this will be my um um one only near now show this year in south africa i will be performing though at, at doing some carols by candlelight um, as well at the end of the year for Christmas. Um, but this is very special. So um, because I'm focusing more on teaching and, and, and healing and doing meditations all over the world. But I'm very eager to sing for my fans in South Africa. So come and join me this evening. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Now, I just want to go back in time and just kind of for people who who don't really know Nianel that's listening, kind of dig a little bit into the past and your debut album, Who Painted the Moon, reached number two slot in the USA. 
Well, that that song, um, "Who Painted the Moon," I I I, I wrote that song in the year two thousand and one, and it's been an amazing uh, success song for me because um, a lady called Haley Westenra from New Zealand also covered that song, and she went um, out to sell over two million CDs with my song being her first single on that album and so she's created great success with it i myself has gone platinum with with uh, this album who painted the moon and since then i've i've uh, this this album that that we're going to focus on at my show is my eighth album so i've got three platinum selling albums in south africa four gold um and um it's just been an amazing journey for me and as a songwriter i've been very blessed to have my music um you know been listened to all over the world You've also worked with people like Andre Bocelli, Christina Aguilera, Diana Ross, Shakira in the past. What's it like, you know? To sing with Andre Bocelli was definitely for me one of the highlights in my life. Uh, he's just an incredible, humble person and to share a stage with him, sing, sing with him, um, was, was really amazing. Um, then again, these are just moments, you know, singing with these famous artists. Uh, I can, if I could be honest with you, for me, my biggest goal and dream is to be sharing stages with people like, um, Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> you know, so that, um, so that I can and, and move people and touch their souls. And that is definitely for me, um, one of the most important things for me that I want to focus on, not just being an entertainer, but somebody who helps people transform their lives. As an entertainer, you've managed to, to cater for both Afrikaans and English audiences. How do you manage to do this? Because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, yes, being, being an Afrikaans-speaking person um, has helped me to connect with the, with the Afrikaans-speaking people. But I have been writing music since I can remember from, from being very young. As a child, I've been writing music in English. And um, I told you that I listen and hear sounds that other people don't. And most of the messages that comes to me is in English. Um, for me, I just feel that um, I was born to travel the world. I was born to sing for more people than um, just a small um, amount of people. And that is why most of the songs that I write is in English, so that I can just reach more people. For me, all languages are equally unique and beautiful. Then there's a story about, and we've spoken about this in the past, and I've got to ask this again. There was a tenant who used to pay you as a kid to sing. This is when I was a child. And... Um, Oh, yes, he, lives, he used to live next door to us, and he always used to like make me come over and and pay me two rand to sing for him. So it's it's uh, people like that that really inspires you to go out and create magic in your life. I'm very thankful for 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 the small support and, and encouragement that I received as a child. Now that's how your singing career started. But how did the motivational speaking and the writing start? You know, I think that it's always been sort of part of who I am. And I used to just express my messages through the music. Um, in the beginning of my um, career, I was just incredibly shy. And I was, uh, I'm a complete introvert. And as I developed, I realized that it's a great passion of mine to teach. I mean, I used to teach through the music. It's not that I started a whole new career. It's just that I'm expanding. And um, so what I'm doing now is not just capturing my messages in music, but I'm also teaching. And because I've practiced many skills to become a better speaker, um, 
and also author and writing um and i've put courses together i mean I've got an online course on my website called connect just really a great desire of mine to assist people to connecting because you know i sit with hundreds of people um coming to me for sessions and i and i realized that uh, one of the biggest uh, desires here is for people to connect more. People feel alone. They feel that they have to do everything on their own. They feel disconnected from themselves, from life, from their dreams, from their goals. And so I've created a workshop which I called Connect. And this is just basically to help people connect again with themselves. So when we understand and know who we are and what we want, only from that place can we create um, what we want, you know. So we just forget as life goes on and, you know, um, we get knocked around a little bit, then we forget who we are. We forget what we want. But a wonderful place to go back to is, is when you were a child and you used to play a game between the ages of one and seven. All of us can remember a certain game that we used to play in which we felt so free and so powerful. I mean, in that game, you were a superhero. You could take a broom and it will become a horse, you know. Um, you could fly, you could find anything, you had super strength, you know, you can, you could change anything into anything. That was how amazing your imagination was. And in your imagination, you were powerful and you felt free. And we just need to access that feeling now as an adult again. And then we can build on that because it's that feeling that is needed, that feeling of complete freedom, carefreeness, joy, and a sense of I can do anything. You know, if you can access that now, then you can create honestly anything in your life. Which is the most most rewarding to you? Singing, writing, motivational speaking? Teaching. Um I can I I can honestly and truthfully tell you that um that is the one thing that makes my my heart beat. If I can share information with people that helps them to just um access a part of themselves that has been forgotten and change their lives and 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 create a new um amazing opportunities for them there's nothing that brings me greater joy in doing that now as we speak you are in russia what are you doing there Okay, so I am here to do three major events. Um, I've already done the one I was speaking at the info um, conference held in Moscow with many speakers from all over Russia and all over the world, just bringing information to people how to um, better their businesses and how to create more wealth and success in their lives. Um, part of what I do is that. I help people earn more money and create success in their lives and, 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 and get them on track with what they really love to do. Because when you do what you love, you're going to make a success of it. Um, then last night I did a, a meditation evening where I assist people to access that frequency that will bring in more money, the, the, the soulmate, whatever it is that they, you know, that they desire. So I assist them in that. And I'm also teaching in meditation even. So that I did last night. And then this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to give my uh, course, the Connect course that I've created, which is also an online course on my website. Um, I'm giving this live here in Russia. Uh, Moscow. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. So it's a two and a half day workshop, uh, Friday evening and then the whole of Saturday, the whole of Sunday. I'm also be, um, I'm also going to give that course in Joburg in November. 
16, 17, and 18th of November in Joburg at the Mega Mind Tutor Institute. So if people are keen to do that, they are welcome just to go to my website and they can find more information about that www.nianel.co.za. Now, this whole Russian experience, what was it like so far? It's incredible because, you know, um, nobody really speaks English here, so I have to work with a translator. Obviously, when I sing and I do the sounds, uh, that's just me and the the voice. Um, And the rest of the time when I'm teaching, so everything takes double double the time because I have to work with a translator. Everything I say has to be translated. Um, so that is a, is a challenge in itself, but I've been working with this one lady and we've been doing it quite a few times. So we are very smooth and we, we're moving fast. So that's very good. Um, what is amazing is, is that the Russian people absolutely adore my voice and my message and they are so welcoming and so eager and keen to learn and to listen and uh, they have a name here for me they they call me the magic woman <laughs> that's pretty amazing <laughs> i feel magical in russia where do you draw your inspiration from for all the many branches of your career my my inspiration is directly from the creator of all that is from the source, from the divine, from, you know, that, that spark of God that's within each one of us. I feel a great passion for life. And the fact that we are here is a miracle in itself, you know. And for me, we didn't come here to suffer. We didn't come here to have average lives that we have to survive. We came here to thrive. We came here to have fun. We came here to have fulfilling, magical lives, okay? And we just all forgot it. And so my great passion is to remind not other people just, but also myself every single day. I came here to have a magical, beautiful life filled with joy. And that inspires me to remind other people. And the more I remind other people, the more I remind myself of it. A message for your fans. Hmm. Guys, it's time to just stop doing, 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 doing. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and remember who you are. You're a spark of God. You are beautiful. You are magnificent just the way you are. You're perfect in this moment. Feel that joy. Um, bring that joy in. We create so much more in our lives if we can just be, be without doing. We are not human doings. We are human beings. Remember that and be the magical being that you are. Now, of course, the new album is available on iTunes. And, or the, I'm calling it the new album, although it's, a year, or it's your last, latest album. That's available on iTunes. That's correct. And also all my other albums. And you can just, if you go to my website, you'll find all the information there. It, it will uh, take you directly to my albums on iTunes. So you just go to nianal.co.za, go to my music and uh, you'll see all my albums there. You can find my book there. You can find all my courses there, all my events. Um, I offer meditation events also in Joburg. So you can just find anything you need on my website, and I'm looking forward to seeing you at one of my events. And then I'm going to recap. On the 26th of October, there's the Neonel show, and it's like one not to be missed. Yes, please come and support me. 26 October at the Centurion Theatre, and you can get your tickets at www.tixa. That's T-I-X-S-A.co.za. And I'm seeing, I'm looking so forward to seeing you there. Great, Nianel. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm going to have you back again and again and again. Awesome, please. Thanks, Rihanna. I really love chatting to you, and best of luck to you as well.
KSR Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and that was Nianel telling us all about her album, her Russian tour, and of course, that show happening this coming Saturday. And Darren Falston told us all about a psychedelic psychic fair that happened recently in Aikenhof near Johannesburg. Yeah, a Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and I am talking to Darren Falston, and uh, he is from a Zero One Productions. Darren, I'm right, hey, a Zero, a Zero One Productions. Uh, well, hi. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, actually my DJ and producer name is Zero One. Um, so I'm doing actually uh, organ- organizing events under my own name. I'm not uh, going under any uh, company or anything. Uh, it's all done by me. So everything is organized by myself. So it's just Zero One as is. <laughs> as is. Great. Yes. Okay. So I think the excitement here is the Zodiac Festival that's coming up. Can you yes. tell me a bit more about it? Yes. So what it is, uh, we're trying, uh, me and a few friends are trying something new where uh, we're trying to incorporate more conscious awareness talks, um, you know, more markets, more live things for the family, especially in the, uh, the daytime. Uh, you know, for older folks like myself who have been in the scene for a while, we can't do three, four, five days festivals anymore. Uh, so, you know, one night with, with a full day, that's normally what we do. And uh, yeah, we're trying something different. So we're trying to create, create awareness with the people that we are having to uh, come and speak for us. How did this concept come about? Well, just actually sitting around and having a talk and trying to uh, come up with ideas. Um, you know, I was going to do an event anyway. Um, it's what I love to do. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to see what we could add. And we knew a few people who knew a few people. And we thought, well, that actually sounds great. So we'll allocate some time uh, on the day. And uh, we can see what, uh, what these people are going to talk about. It's going to be very interesting, um, you know, about, uh, you know, uh, organic growing, um, you know, how to live, uh, you know, spiritually, all sorts of weird things. So I look forward to actually uh, hearing what they have to say. And this is all happening on the 20th. 27th of October. On the 27th of October, Saturday from 11 in the morning till 11 the next morning, Sunday. So it's a full 24 hours. And there's going to be like psychics and stalls and fire dancers uh, yeah, and... Yeah, there's going to be all sorts of weird things happening. So we're having drumming circles, uh, tie-dye workshop, tie-dye stalls, craft markets... Um, like I say, the speakers, uh, there's going to be so much going on. We've got, uh, we've also got a lady that's doing a, uh, uh, recreation for the children. Um, so yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things going on. And like I said, it's family friendly during the day. Um, and you can bring your kids for a swim. That was my next question is about being family friendly. There is a swimming pool yes. so the kids can swim. Yes. Anything Absolutely. else? And it- uh, yeah, um, face painting, there's going to be uh, all sorts of games and weird stuff for the kids. Uh, but from 6 p.m., uh, all under-18s are being expelled, and it's time for the grown-ups to play. What happens if under-18s are still on the grounds after uh, 6? Well, we will, we will uh, you know, find who they belong to. As I advertised, we will give them a Red Bull and a puppy, which we might. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, uh, politely ask them to leave because, uh, you know, we are going to be serving alcohol then uh, mostly and, uh, you know, opening up for the dance floor. Um, which, uh, you know, also the, uh, the, the parents want to have a good time as well and they don't want to have to uh, worry about the kids. Picnic facilities, will there be, yes. be facilities around for people to sit down on blankets? Yes, yes, there's, there's going to be all sorts of chill areas. Um, we're getting someone, Vicky McCatty, who's actually very well known in the scene for a gypsy chill zone. Uh, so she's going to be setting up there. There's going to be pillows, blankets. Uh, there's obviously going to be, you know, normal uh, restaurant food that's going to be served there, um, drinks as well. So there'll be plenty of space for uh, everyone to be uh, comfortable. Then, of course, is the event LGBTQ plus friendly? Absolutely. So it's for, if you're white with black stripes or black with white stripes, it's for absolutely everyone, whether you're tall, short, gay, straight. Um, yeah, we, we welcome everyone. Uh, so, yeah, please bring your friends. So if anybody in drag wants to arrive, they can arrive in drag. 
Absolutely, please do that. I would love to see that. Yeah, I've I've seen some very convincing drag, and uh, yeah, I would love anyone to come dressed up. Um, I'm, me myself, I'm going to be in overalls because I'm going to be working so hard. <laughs> but uh, please, if you want to get dressed up, I fully welcome that. What kind of music can we look forward to here? Okay, so uh, we're going to start off with some ambient, uh, some chill vibes. Uh, you know, like I said, it's family day. We're not going to be pumping out uh, heavy tunes. Uh, but from uh, 6 o'clock, uh, you're, you're going to be opening up the dance floor. And it's going to be side trance. It's going to be trance, uh, dark side, full on. Um, there's going to be a bit of high tech. And then myself and the morning crew are going to take over from about 6 a.m. Uh, where we're going to be playing a side tech and what I like to call sexy side, which is just very, very happy side trance. You mentioned that you were getting old and you're playing at 6 o'clock in the morning. How do you do this? And how old are you? I'm coming close to 40 I'll be honest um, I've been doing this for 20 years uh, more than 20 you know I went to my first rave at 13 and it was pretty much all downhill from there because I love it you know I love making music and really to do your own event is the only place for someone like me to have your live sets exposed because then you can set the times and um, it's just so much easier because there are so many DJs and there's so few events and I think with, uh, with the rising craze in SA about Sartrance uh, this is a good time to, uh, to get in um, yeah, more and more people are getting interested and there's more and more artists that need to be exposed so that's really what it's it's all about. It's, uh, it's all about the music. I was going to ask you, you know, but the trance scene in South Africa seemed to have quieted or nearly died down. I put that down to, I'm actually signed with uh, an, an organization called Radar, which has been the longest underground running production company in the history of Joburg. Uh, they have since left Joburg. They're doing their stuff down in the Western Cape, which is awesome. Uh, and he's also one of my biggest mentors, Benny Courts, uh, Killer B. Uh, many people will know him in the scene. Uh, but since they've kind of left, um, you know, there's been few people that have been doing it and a lot of people can't actually afford it as well to go to very, very big festivals where it's 500, 600 tickets. Uh, so we're trying to, are trying to keep costs low. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to add something different. You know, I love playing. I love making music. And again, it's, uh, this is uh, the, the only way someone like me can get out there. So expect to see more festivals from me. What artists and DJs will be performing at the event? I know there's a star-studded lineup happening there. Yes, no, there's, there's, there's a lot. I'm actually just looking at the lineup right now. So I'm going to read the lineup out by name and in order. Uh, so it's going to be uh, Bush, Bushido Samurai. Uh, he's going to be playing ambient from 11 to 1. And then there's going to be the talks from 1 to 3 o'clock. Uh, then it's going to be yourself, Rian Pilati, from 3 to 5 o'clock. Unit 6, who's been in the scene for a very, very long time and what I like to call the most reliable DJ. Um, he's always there when you need him. Uh, he's going to be opening up with some pretty awesome Cytrons. Then Q-Clone, also with Underground SA. Uh, he's also a very, very amazing DJ. Uh, Virgoth with Red Eye, again, another guy that's been in the scene since forever. <laughs> so it's all of us old, uh, old toppies that are playing. Um, also a very good friend of mine, Focus. Uh, there's Modern Madness, who is my brother, uh, Clint. Uh, he's also been one of my uh, greatest influences. Uh, then there's Trip. I don't know if you've ever known Trip or met Trip. Uh, he's actually a Hydrokiff, and he's uh, been keeping, he's been doing what he can also to, uh, to uh, keep the scene going. Uh, he's going to be playing a two-hour Dark Star set, so I really, really look forward to that. Then we've got Green Tea, who's going to be playing high-tech uh, for those uh, animals out there who actually enjoy that thing. Then there's a new kid, Buzz, that I found. He's, uh, he's quite young, but he is phenomenal. Uh, he recently played at Earth Dance, and I booked him at an event I did at my house recently, so I'm putting him to uh, bring up the sun. Then it's going to be the Morning Magic, which is the Sartek and Sexy side. so it's going to be myself, Zero One, uh, with Red Eye. I'm playing 6 to 7.30, and that's going to be all my own uh, produced music, which I call Sartek, so it's 135 BPM, and I hope everyone uh, is there to, uh, to give it a listen. After that, another good friend, Translation, is playing Sexy Sai, and my main man, Phenom, who's uh, one of my favorite, favorite DJs, he is the one of the few people who play the type of Sartrons that I can just dance and dance and dance to. Uh, so that's the lineup, Rian. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Each DJ has really something special to offer, and we really look forward to uh, getting people on our dance floor. Let's take a musical break here on Gay Say Radio, where you are family. 
and we'll continue our conversation shortly. Keep streaming. This is Gaze Hey Radio. I'm Rian, and uh, our conversation continues. I think the other thing that I want to ask this is, uh, you guys at Zero One, you are organizing this event. What kind yes. of events normally do you do? Is this, you see, this uh, is well, a first? This is my first event in eight years since I've started doing events at Lado. Uh, Lado Hotel, I did my first event where I do yeah, eight, nine years ago, very long time ago. Um, I flew in Starspine from Spain, who's actually my favorite DJ. And my claim to fame is I sort of brought back morning time, sunrise, groovy beats back to the side scene, because that's what was missing for me for many, many years. Um, and Starspine, he is the only person that can do a sunrise properly. So from there, I did a few more events. Um, I did a very big one at Fall called Love Sigh, uh, which uh, was actually amazing. It was the best uh, best party ever. And from there, I kind of uh, took a break for many, many years. I got signed by Radar because I was more getting into my DJing um, and my uh, making of music. So uh, that took me, geez, I was yeah, five, six years. I was getting gigs, playing with really, really amazing people. Um, and that's where I learned really about the ins and outs of the scene. And now I feel it's a good time to uh, you know show Joburg what, what I can do again. And you know the artists that I've met that really need to be out there. Humanity initiatives. You mentioned there were humanity initiatives happening at the event. Yes. So those are going to be the talks. Like I said, it's going to be um, how to grow organic food, um, all weird things like that, how to you know, find uh, spirituality. Um, there's going to be a lady talking about um, one of the things is uh, dying before you're dead. So that should be all interesting things. And you know, the, the, the whole point of everything is we're trying to enrich people, you know, give, something people or give people something that they can take home and think about and try and improve their lives um, in some small way if we can. Now, you're organizing events, and it sounds so easy. How difficult is it really? Extremely, extremely difficult. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It's, it's quite hard work. Uh, you've got to plan months in advance. Um, you know, myself, I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for quite a few years. So I uh, own most of the things that I present. So the decor I do myself, uh, the sound is, uh, you know, it's everything is, is physically near me. Um, lights, everything. And it always helps to, to, to get a sponsor. Every DJ, every artist on the lineup is either helping in some way by coming to help set up or bringing CDJs or bringing a light or something. So it's really an, an, an effort of your friends as well. They'll actually help make it happen. Because if it was just me, there would be a UV light in my laptop. But yeah, there's a lot of PR that goes in, you know, making arrangements with venues, a lot of money that goes into it. Um, so, yeah, there's, uh, there's yeah, a lot of, lot of work. Uh, but in the end, it's normally always worth it. You mentioned decor. What, what decor are you looking at? For the uh, so, banners that uh, myself and friends have painted. Uh, there's going to be stretch. There's going to be some awesome laser shows. Um, yeah, just uh, stuff that I'm busy with right now. I'm actually sewing uh, giant flowers onto a big canvas. So, that should be pretty. <laughs> okay, that's something uh, I have to ask. It's a straight man yes. that's sewing. Yes, no, I've done homework. You will be shocked at myself, Rian, what, I, what I'm capable of. I actually joke with my wife. I tell her I make the best housewife because I do all the cooking, cleaning, washing dishes, handy-handying, uh, folding, washing, making salamis for, for my girls for the next day. And that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fantastic housewife. So I, am <laughs> I sure. do sewing as well. <laughs> I am sure there's a few of our listeners sitting at the moment going, oh, fuck, damn, he's straight. <laughs> no, that's okay. I always take that as a, as, as a compliment. And I hope some of my gay friends actually come because I'm trying to hook them up with some people. So hopefully there will be some people coming. Well, obviously, Gay So Radio is going to be there in full force. We are on our excellent, way. Excellent. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. So difficulties running a company like this. Okay, you know, you, you, you do all this stuff. You sew and you clean yeah. everything else. Where do you have time to still do events? Uh, you make time. Yeah, you know, with running a family, also maintaining a household. You know, I am a dad as well. Uh, you've got to bring in money. There's 
use Rent-to-Pay. So I try when I can, you know, maybe an hour a night or weekends after my chores are done. <laughs> uh, that's probably the best time. And every now and again, you know, with the PR, it's always good to be on Facebook uh, because everyone's usually on Facebook all the time. Um, so, yeah, you just make it happen. You find time. And also, like I say, planning months in advance uh, helps. So the, the, the longer you plan, the, the better and easier it will be. Um, you know, for example, uh, we are going to be spending the night of yeah, the, 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 the Friday night at the venue so we can set up and make sure everything is perfect for when people come in instead of having to rush because who wants to deal with that pressure? That was something else I wanted to ask you. What about people who want to stay over? Let's say they come for the night and they want to decide they want to stay over. Would there be facilities like that? Yes, absolutely. I was actually going to put that on Facebook today, um, that you can actually contact Lido Hotel themselves. Uh, as far as I know, there are going to be rooms from 700, uh, but it's a very, very stylish, swanky venue, um, and they do look after you in any way. So uh, you can find them. Uh, there. If, if you look on the Facebook page, you just click on the link that's right at the bottom of the page, and you can uh, get a hold of them at, uh, directly. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to put the details on again on Facebook, uh, but there will definitely be, be rooms available. Future events after this one, what are you looking at? Oh, as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see how this one goes down. Um, you know, it always comes down to whether you can pay the bills at the end of the day. Um, and if the venue's happy, I am going to approach them as soon as possible for the next one. Because uh, Lido is actually a very nice venue, like I say. There are a lot of venues that have been overused, but not Lido. Um, from my past uh, previous um, events with them, uh, you know, the staff is very good. Everyone's very helpful. The toilets are clean. And little things like that actually go a long way. Because like I say, we're old now. We don't uh, dig so much in the dirt anymore. <laughs> Lido, if we- where exactly is it for those, uh, those So it's Aikenhof. Uh, the address, uh, I don't know it off by heart, but it's in Aikenhof Road, Plot 17, Old Vereniging uh, Road, something like that. Uh, but you can find all the details. It's a, it's a very, very stunning venue, very safe parking, uh, lots of space. Like I said, they do have a swimming pool. Uh, they've got a bar. They've got a restaurant, everything you could possibly need. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing everyone there. And how far out of Joburg is that, more or less, driving? Uh, probably about 30 k's. It's not actually far out. I mean, um, normally, especially for these type of things, Festivals, they are quite far out in the Bundus. Uh, you're looking at more Harti side, mm. which is normally where it goes down. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty central, so uh, you shouldn't be uh, far out from home. Tickets. How can people get tickets and how uh, so, much are tickets? And okay, so it is 150 rand at the door. Um, so only at the door. Bring cash, please. Uh, there are credit card for facilities, uh, but uh, we prefer to uh, to yeah for, to have everyone at the door. Uh, so you will be stamped once you're in, and once you're in, you are in for the in, uh, in, entire event, and there's no extra costs whatsoever. Okay, no pre-bookings, no online stuff. So it's just cash at no, the door. No, uh, none of that. We just found it's a lot easier um, to manage it this way. Um, cash is king at the end of the day um, and also like I said it's a lot of work I don't want to add to the pile of work that I already have <laughs> great Darren thank yes. you so much for your time thank you so much Rian only and a pleasure thank you so much we for are having seeing me. you on Saturday absolutely you must take care 27th of October yep Gay okay, Say so Radio with your family I'm Rian and uh, that was Darren Falston talking to us about uh, the Zodiac Festival happening uh, this coming Saturday